This is your morning wake-up call on Sports Country. Grab a cup of coffee and hang with us every weekday morning for the latest news, sports, and other things going on around the world and in your backyard. Now, here's your host, Gene Gums. Good morning, everybody. It is five minutes past nine o'clock here in Western North Carolina. Welcome to a Friday morning wake-up call on Sports Country Radio. It is January the 12th, 2024. We have Dan Zampano coming up. Uh, taped an extensive interview with Dan yesterday. Uh, he was not available this morning. He had had a work commitment this morning. So uh, we taped an interview with him yesterday. And unfortunately, part of the interview, probably about you know a good five, ten minutes of the interview, uh, just got absolutely destroyed this morning. Uh, news just came down that the New England Patriots have hired Gerard Mayo as their new head coach. Um, they did not have to wait the two weeks for the divisional round of the playoffs to be over because they already had a succession plan in place. So uh, they did not have to wait. So they have, uh, they have named Gerard Mayo. I, I, you know, look, uh, and you'll hear this in the I don't have anything against Gerard Mayo. I just loved the idea of, uh, of Mike Vrabel coming there. And I don't know how Patriot fans are going to feel about this. I really don't. Um, I guess we'll find out. Uh, but they, you know, they have decided to pull the trigger quickly, uh, get rid of the speculation, and allow them to move on. Now we'll see what the Patriots decide to do in terms of the rest of the coaching staff and uh, the, uh, a general manager because somebody's going to have to run football operations uh, with Belichick gone. So we'll see. But anyway, uh, so Dan Zampano coming up here in about uh, 10 minutes. Uh, and it, we've got a lot of other things to cover. It's not just the Patriots coaching situation. So uh, you're going to want to stay tuned for that. It was, it was a rather entertaining talk we had yesterday. Uh, Major League Baseball yesterday was the deadline for 193 players to submit arbitration numbers, uh, and uh, only 22 of those are left. So 171 of 193 reached agreement with their clubs yesterday. Uh, the biggest one that has not reached agreement yet, uh, the biggest name still out there would probably be Vlad Guerrero Jr. Uh, he has asked the Toronto Blue Jays for $19 million. So we'll see, you know, I, I have not seen what Toronto's number is, but uh, Vlad Jr.'s asked for 19, and in this economy, he's going to get it. He has to. I mean, that, that team is lost without him. Uh, but uh, some big numbers yesterday. Uh, Juan Soto agreed with the New York Yankees on a one-year $31 million deal. That is a record deal for arbitration. Uh, beating the $30 million that Shohei Otani got from the Los Angeles Angels. So uh, the Yankees opened up the purse strings yesterday. Soto, $31 million. They also reached an agreement with Glaber Torres for $14 million, uh, $5.5 million for Trent Grisham, $8.7 million to the newly acquired 
uh, Alex Verdugo. Uh, so the Yankees uh, <laughs> spent some money yesterday. They also signed the, a new player yesterday and spent some money as they have reached agreement with Marcus Stroman on a two-year deal, another guy that was a Red Sox target, another guy that the Red Sox are not going to get. And you, when you look at Boston and the fact that they need pitching, there ain't a lot left out there, folks. We are basically down big-name pitchers to Jordan Montgomery and Blake Snell. Short of that, it means going out and making a trade. They supposedly have uh, been in conversations with Chicago about Dylan Cease. I wonder if things will shake out a little bit more today with the arbitration numbers being uh uh, or the arbitration deals being agreed to. Dylan Cease agreed to an $8 million deal with the Chicago White Sox yesterday. Uh, $8 million, it, that's, uh, that's a bargain. So if the Red Sox want to let some of those young kids go, perhaps they could bring Dylan Cease back to Boston. But you, they, the Red Sox are reaching a point where, you know, where are you going to go? And are we stuck with Lucas Giolito and everybody else. I mean, the Red Sox signed uh, all their arbitration guys yesterday, including Nick Pavetta, who they gave $7.5 million. You know, it, it, Lucas Giolito, Brian Bayo, and Nick Pavetta right now are looking at looking as your one, two, three starters for the Red Sox. Uh, all I can say is yikes, you know, and if they don't sign the, <laughs> one of those uh, Snell or Montgomery or make a trade for a guy like Cease. They better sign Cody Bellinger and any other big bat that's out there because they're going to need to score a whole lot of runs. That's all I'm saying. Uh, so anyway, but the Yankees uh, spent money yesterday. They end up getting Marcus Stroman for two years, and uh, things are looking pretty rosy for the New York Yankees and being able to uh, compete for that division title. Uh, the Baltimore Orioles had a bunch of arbitration-eligible guys yesterday. Uh, they reached agreement, I believe, uh, with all of their guys. I know one of the big names with Anthony Santander got $11.7 million. Uh, Cedric Mullins got six and a half. So uh, the Orioles, are, uh, Ryan Mountcastle, $4 million. John Means got three. So the Orioles uh, shelled out a little bit of money as well yesterday. The Dodgers had a couple of big names. Walker Bueller signed for $8 bucks. Pete Alonso signs with the Mets. He got $20.5 million to avoid arbitration. Uh, I tried to watch the Celtics game last night. Look, the Celtics, a perfect 18-0 at home. They have been on an absolute roll. Um, but they had also been playing a brutal schedule, and they were coming off an overtime win against the Western Conference's uh, best team in the Minnesota Timberwolves. They went into Milwaukee last night and got absolutely housed. They gave up a 25-0 run by the Bucks in the second quarter. At one point, they were down like 45 points. It was absolutely brutal. They were down 37 at halftime. They end up losing the game 135 to 102. It was so bad that Joe Mazzula threw up the white flag in the third quarter. I mean, and and you know, uh, that that's why you don't spend a lot of time getting caught up in one game in the NBA or in the NHL or in Major League Baseball. These sports that have these long schedules, 
You just there's just some nights you're just not going to have it, or your legs aren't going to be. It happens. So uh, yeah, they got crushed, and you you hate to have it be against the Bucks, you know, especially when you come down to the end of the year, and if there's tiebreaker situations involved, uh, you know, you worry about that. But this Celtics team is still one of the two or three best teams in the NBA, and uh, you know, don't you know, just that's one of those you just uh, you go into the locker room and you do some mental uh, mental flossing. And you forget about it because it, the game at the end of the day, it's not going to mean a lot. Maybe, maybe it gives the Bucks a home a home court advantage late in the season in the playoffs. Uh, maybe it doesn't. Uh, but that last night's loss is just you know it's just you chuck it up to one of those days. The Bruins lose again last night. They lost their third straight, all of them in overtime. So at least they end up getting a point out of it. But uh, they lose. Two to one in overtime uh, to the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Alex uh, Petrangelo, forty-six seconds into the overtime uh, to win the game. And of course, uh, you know it's sweet if you're a Bruce Cassidy fan, former Bruins coach, uh, leading uh, leading the uh, Golden Knights now, and they end up beating the Bruins. And uh, uh, Bruins got some uh, uh, tough news. Linus Olmark is going to be out for a little while, so Jeremy Swayman is probably going to have to carry the bulk of the uh, of the work. Uh, for the Boston Bruins as uh, Omar got hurt, not last night, but the night before. So uh, the Bruins lose again. But, uh, you know, look, still in first place in the Atlanta Conference. No reason to get too too carried away about that loss either or the three in a row. Uh, I know one thing. They can't wait to get back home. It's been a rough uh, Western road swing for the Boston Bruins. It is 14 minutes past the hour. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to have Dan Zampano with us. You're listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country. Welcome back to the Wake Up Call, and as we are every Friday, we are pleased to be joined by Dan Zampano. Uh, we've, you know, the thing is, Dan, we were getting ready. I, I, I was all ready to talk NFL playoffs, and then all hell broke loose in the last, uh, in about a, a twelve-hour period. So before we get to any talk about playoffs. Uh, we got to talk about some big coaching news. We'll start in the NFL because this is an NFL show, and then we'll go to the the college news. But uh, Bill Belichick on Thursday morning finally was let go as head coach of the Patriots. And as I said to you before we started this interview, it was both shocking and not shocking. I mean, it was something that's been rumored to happen Mm -hmm. for weeks. But every minute that went by after the season was over and they hadn't done something – you really began to wonder if maybe, just maybe, they were going to keep him after all. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I feel the exact same way. And, you know, finding out that all the staffers and they didn't find out until it was announced on social media at around 7, 7.30 this morning uh, that, that it had happened. So, to me, um, I, it's been a wild kind of roller coaster of emotions for me because, I know contrary to popular belief to a lot of your audience, they think that I'm much older. Uh, I was seven years old when I started watching <laughs> the Patriots, and that's all. And that was 2001. Right. So that I've known nothing but Belichick, and right. I've known nothing but Brady as well until recently. So this was a very big roller coaster of emotions for me, and I just, you know, the first thing that came to my mind is, is you know, the, the, it was the day the music died. You know, the, wow. the dynasty is over. Wow. Wow. It, it, it really is. I mean, that that was the first thing that came to my mind. I'm like, it's over. Like everything, 2023 was the year I grew up. <laughs> you know, like it was, it was, I will always remember that. So 
you know, it's a big mix of emotion feelings. At the end of the day, I, as I've said to you before, I said I think they can make a good decision either keeping him or not keeping him. Right. And I think going forward, as much as we want to hold on to those memories uh, and, and you want to go back to the good old days, um, football goes on. Right. You know, football goes on for everybody. The Shulas, the Hallises, the Walshes, the Paul Browns, he's now in that pantheon. Um, and will stay there for however long he wants and however long he wants to coach, whether it's somewhere else or in some other capacity, you know, that's, that's up to him, but we'll always have, we'll always have it. You know, it's kind of a, it's been a really emotional day. I just got to tell you, I really have. Well, it's, it's got to be kind of like, you know, and, and you were a little young for this, but it's kind of like people that were longtime fans of the Dallas Cowboys when Tom Landry, finally left and, and was yeah. and was forced out when Don Shula got to a point where he was no longer the head of the Miami Dolphins people there aren't many NFL coaches that stay in one place for that long I mean 24 years is an incredible run so I mean I guess you look at it that all good things have to come to an end and you know the writing was kind of on the wall I think with that Jets loss I think any chance that they still had when they lost to the Jets at the end of the season uh, you know, maybe it was decided before, but to me, when you lose that game, that was that was the end of it. And I think I think maybe that was maybe when Robert Kraft decided it was time. Maybe it was. Uh, I, I'd like to think that it was probably it was probably beforehand. I think I, I in my theory and thought now is just looking back in hindsight that all the reports saying that after Germany it was over. Right. That was probably. True, True. Mm-hmm. and maybe Kraft just wanted to see where it went mm-hmm. um, to get confirmation of what he already believed. Okay. And, you know, you're not just gonna you're not just gonna fire Bill Belichick. Obviously, you're gonna right. give him the benefit of the doubt. At least give him the opportunity to explain where he wants to go. Right. And I think you know he's said it in the past. I mean, Tom Curran wrote the article this morning about how we got here. Right. And you can remember Kraft calling out and saying, "Look, we haven't had a lot of good drafts in the last few years." We spent a lot of money in 2021. Uh, I love Bill. He's a great coach, you know, and we have memories, but this business is about winning football games, you know, and they didn't do it. At the end of the day, right. Belichick said, right, he said, blame me. If it goes wrong, blame me. And he did. Well, and yeah. this is the result. There you go. Well, what was interesting, in the press conference on Thursday, it was a joint press conference uh, with him and, and Robert Kraft, and Belichick was – uh, dare I say, upbeat? I mean, he was. He said, you know, for me, he said, this is a day of gratitude and celebration. He said, you know, I've, I'll always have, you know, those great memories. I'll carry them with the rest of my life, and I am always going to be a patriot. I mean, this he, he, there was no, mm. you know, there was no sour grapes, and and even Robert Kraft said, look, this is something. He said, this is we mutually agreed, this needed to happen. So he said, you know, it's an emotional yeah. day for me, but we both agreed on this. Do you really believe they both agreed on this? Um, <laughs> I mean, I, it's hard to say that they both agreed on it, yeah. knowing that Bill wanted to make his case yep. to stay. Yep. You know, like that's what's hard to say. Is like, I think at the end of the day, like Robert said what he wanted, and Bill gave him, you know, what he would do, and he, and it's, he said it's just not good enough for us. Right. For that, and you know, uh, if anything, you know, we can say this, and we can part ways here. 
you know, and I think Bill probably just acquiesced and said, look, the writing's on the wall. He hasn't been fired in a really long time. Right. <laughs> right. So it's, you know, I mean, so it was probably super humbling, but you know, Bill is at the end of the day, Bill is about the team and, yep. uh, he will follow in line in orders. You know, that's his Navy upbringing. Right. Right. He follows the chain of command. So at the end of the day, he knows who he works for and he's not going to, to kick and scream out the door. Um, but he is going to advocate for himself and it just wasn't good enough this time. He will coach again, right? Oh, I think you saw it in the press conference. I think yeah. Robert Kraft saying it'll be hard with you on the other sideline. But so I think Robert knows, I think Robert definitely knows. Uh, I think right off the bat, and we can get into that conversation if we want to, but I think right off the bat, there's a couple of teams that would be totally interested in Bill. Yeah, I know that, uh, I mean, I think Washington makes sense simply because of his Annapolis ties. But to me, and I mentioned this on my show on Thursday, Bill's 70, what, 71, 72 years old? How much longer is he going to coach? And he's 15 wins away from Don Shula's NFL record, right? 15 wins. Mm-hmm. If he goes to Washington, it could take him a little while to get there. I know they've got some pieces in place, but he's not going there and winning ten games in his first year. All right, if he wants well, to, I, if he wants to win right away, there's only one place that he can go, in my opinion, and that's Los Angeles. Yeah, I mean, look that that team has a lot of talent on it. Does it have a lot of toughness on it? And you got to remember, they got to hire. They're obviously you know without a GM, but right. You know, they also are in cap trouble. And, you know, there's probably going to be some decisions that have to be made in Los Angeles. Now, granted, they still have good players. They have older players and veterans that he'd probably want to work with. Um, But to me, I don't think, like, 15 games, you should be able to win 15 games in two to three years. Well, yes. It might take If you're Bill Belichick. It could take them three years. It could. I mean, you know, know, I don't – I mean, look, and here's – the only reason I said this is – you're right. I mean, the page, or the uh, Chargers have some issues, cap issues. They have some, you know, they have a lot of older players, but they've had some incredibly bad coaching <laughs> in the last several years. Yeah. Right? Incredibly bad. Put a good coach in there. Get him a GM so he don't, don't whatever you do, don't give him personnel control. Whatever you do. Put him in there. See. Well, I just don't think uh, yeah, I just don't think that's that's I just don't think that's realistic. Like I I'd like to think it is. Don't give him personnel control this and that. You know, at the end of the day, why would Bill Belichick want to go to a place that doesn't have control over? Well, because I don't think. You know, I, I, I mean, but, but you do you really think with with the and we could debate this till the cows come home. But do you really think yeah, with the right. with the struggles that the Patriots have had personnel wise, and a lot of that has become written about a lot about how you look this. You know, he doesn't. You know, you looked. At, I think it's since 2013. The number of players that he's re-signed is ridiculously low he's made a lot of personnel mistakes that's not a secret anymore i mean so how many teams are going to be willing to give him that control that's my question do you think washington would be willing to look, do that uh, look how many teams were willing to give brady the full control I mean, brady was the was the de facto kind of gm they brought in who he wanted yeah and that's the way it was and and you know i think there definitely will be a team willing to sell out in this new kind of different era to be like, okay, let's provide these money. Remember, let's not forget. I mean, it takes two to tango. Kraft was not a big money spender. Well, let's, that, let's put it that way. Fair. 
they did not they did not spend a lot of money. Uh, they gave Bill the budget, and Bill worked with it. And he said, "This is what I this is what we need." And Kraft would, you know, this like what you check, sure, right. but yep. they, this is what you got, you know. Yep. I mean, they, it wasn't like they spent a lot of money. They could have. They could have. Robert could have acquiesced to that. Right. So it does take two to tango, and I think it's more than just, oh, Belichick's in charge of personnel. There are other people helping out Belichick right. inside those buildings. So it's not like it's going to be like the Elliot Walsh, the Dave Ziegler's of the world in the recent years. So. You know, it's not like it's just going to be Bill. I think he'll have final say over football stuff. Right. But I think a team like Washington makes a lot of sense because you have a new owner that wants to set a foundation for his program. Right. So what better person to set the foundation for a program when you're at the bottom? I mean, the first thing you, you, need, to to do, go up. you need to do is, right, exactly. You set the foundation. Now, nobody's expecting Bill Belichick to go and, and win a Super Bowl in Washington. I just, I, I, I don't think that's the expectation. I think we're excited to see what he can do. Mm. So I think Washington would be a great place, and I think Atlanta is really going to make a push for him. I think, I think Ooh. Atlanta, the, the GM there is definitely going to be fired. I don't think it's a question. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. He's not even leading, leading right. the coaching search. Right. We already know Arthur Smith is gone. I think Atlanta, Arthur Blank has swung for bigger fences. He swung for Joe Gibbs and he missed. He swung for Bill Parcells and he missed. He's got deep pockets. I think I think he'll I think he'll throw the money. Yeah. I think he'll throw a lot of money at Bill Belichick. Well, I'll tell you what, I, I hadn't really thought about that, but living where I live, two hours from Atlanta, that would be fascinating for me. I mean, he'd, yeah. be, he'd be in my backyard. It would be incredibly boring for, for fans outside of Atlanta <laughs> that he'd go to a team like the Falcons. You know, give us a, give us something sexy. Give us, Washington, I can live with. The Chargers, I can live with. If Dallas loses this week and they want to fire McCarthy, right. let's go for it. Yeah. But, but Atlanta, yeah, but Carolina, you know what? But you like, know what? What are we doing? But Dan, think about this. If again, if you want to win, what better division to go to right now than that division? Because that division stinks, right? I mean, yeah. it it wouldn't take a lot for him to win a division title in that you know there. I mean, that, so that uh, they got to get a quarterback, but that's that's a whole other thing. Sure. All right, so let's let's move on to what are the page? Where do the Patriots go now? Uh, you know, the, Gerard Mayo is the guy that everybody thought was the heir apparent. There's been some talk recently, though, that he has ticked off some of the people in the front office, been a little abrasive. Um, but to me, if you're the Patriots, and I I said this a couple of days, as soon as Mike Vrabel got fired, I said if you want to make a seamless transition from Bill Belichick to somebody that the fans would immediately buy into – who better? There's only two names that I think fans would go for. Well, but yeah, I think only two. I think Mike Vrabel is number one, and John uh, Jim Harbaugh would be number two. We don't even know if Harbaugh is going to come out. So that's, but we know Mike Vrabel's looking for a job. We know Mike Vrabel was just inducted into the Patriots Hall of Fame, and when he did mm-hmm. gave his speech at, in Foxborough. He said, we have a game to win. He, he he referred to him as being a Patriot and saying we. I mean, that's a guy to me because I still think he's a great coach. I don't care what what happened in Tennessee. They had personnel issues. They had injury issues. You know, they have quarterback issues, which they're going to have in New England too. But that's, you know, but I think he's a no-brainer if you're a Patriot owner. Uh, 100%. I, I completely agree with you. I think Vrabel and Harbaugh would be my first two choices, one and two. Um you, look, Mayo Mayo is definitely an interesting candidate. Um, I know that people want to clean house and restart. Yep. Um, there were positives to the Belichick era too. 
Uh, and Gerard Mayo was one of them as a coach. Okay. So, you know, I understand. And, look, he, he had the opportunity to be a head coach. They signed him to a long-term extension last year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think it's definitely up there that he's the quote-unquote heir apparent. But if you have a chance to go get Mike Vrabel, I mean, that's a guy that has built something out of nothing, has basically bubblegummed and paperclipped a team <laughs> to the AFC championship game. Right. And they've had some good players, but he's built a defense. That's, this defense already is kind of built. Right. You know, I mean, yep. they don't really need much more on this defense. They need to acquiesce on the offensive line and say, okay, how did we win in Tennessee? We ran the football and we got an offensive line that was, that was, that was a beefy up front. And if we can get a quarterback that can just, semi-competently run this offense, right. that would be amazing, well, you know, and they've got a great opportunity in the draft. So I do think that, I do think that Rabel would probably be the best choice given that I obviously have his Patriots ties, but I do think you want to have somebody in the front office too that oh, has Patriots ties because no we're talking about Rabel as the head coach, but they need somebody that has a philosophy that Kraft is, you know, comfortable. I tell you what. Office. Yeah. Hello, Scott Pioli. What are you doing? <laughs> why, why not? Hey, why not Pioli 2.0? Why not? I, I, hey, I wouldn't say no to that. I think a guy like him, a guy like Ziegler, yep. uh, who got fired in Vegas, yep. you know, I think that, that would be interesting. Yeah. I think it would be super interesting who they would bring back as OC because if you bring in, uh, let's just say, Run it back with Josh no, McDaniels. No, 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 no. Uh, no you know, if no. you do something like that, no. that's a big possibility. No. Very big possibility. Oh God, no! That that would happen. Uh, let me, now, let me, let me, let me just throw yeah. something at. So, they're going to bring in somebody to, to run football operations. Great. I want to throw something out there. What if sure. a guy like Mike Vrabel came in and said, "You know what? I still believe in Mac Jones." Now, I'm not saying he's going to say, but but let me just let me finish. So he says, I believe in Mac Jones. The Patriots have a prime drafting position. How about this? How about if they don't draft a quarterback in the, with their first pick? How about if he's still available, you snap up a franchise-wide receiver in Marvin Harrison Jr., and then you pick a quarterback in the second round? Because somebody no. like somebody like you know, uh, I don't think Penix is going to fall, obviously, but maybe a Bo Nix could fall to the second round. Why don't you do why? Why not get? You haven't had a a stud wide receiver in New England in quite some time. You know, give give Mac Jones, give him a weapon. Doesn't matter if they pick a wide receiver if they don't have a quarterback that can't throw him or a quarterback that can stand upright because they have zero offensive line. Doesn't matter. Right, but you can. I mean, but you just, can. But you just, can. Fix, uh, it just doesn't matter. Yeah, but you can fix the offensive line through free agency, can't you? Yeah, of course, and and I would assume that you would do that in cohesion with that. But to me, I do think that there are some pretty good linemen available in this free agency. Yes, they will be expensive, uh, but you have a hundred million dollars to spend. Right? Are you really going to bring back Trent Brown? No that left tackle no. who just plays when he wants to and no. talks to the media and this and that. Like that guy should be shipped off to an island somewhere. <laughs> I mean, you need a legitimate yep. tackle that yep. you can put in front of your quarterback for a long time. And right. I would not hate it if they're not going to pick a quarterback with their first pick. Then I would not hate it if it was an offensive lineman that they did pick. I mean, that that's where you start the old Bill Walsh scenario and saying. 
wide receiver is the last thing you fix on your football team. It just is. The way this league is won, whether you like it or not, is build from within and build inside out. Build those lines and have that advantage. The best teams in the league have a dominant offensive line and have a plethora, nine, ten guys deep on defense and the defensive line in the front seven. It's just the way it works. So get the quarterback, yes, but you gotta, you, you can address receiver in free agency just as easily as you could address the tackle position because those tackles are expensive. And that is exactly why I have you here because, you know, I don't I, – I, I tend to I, – I don't want to say I tend to discount offensive linemen because that's not fair, but I have looked at this Patriot team for the last few years when it's basically been Larry Moe and Curley at wide receiver and just like, (laughs) what are we doing? You know, they didn't address it in free agency. Really? I mean, I guess I guess Juju Smith-Schuster was supposed to be uh, an attempt to do that, but they but they haven't done that. So I guess, you know, maybe that's my my frustration is, is that I, look, and I look, I know Mac Jones has had his problems, and I know the offensive line is part of that, but it's just like he didn't have anybody to throw to either. Right. So right. he didn't. And, and you know, I, I agree with that. And I think I but I do think he has been set back just by coaching and by by no offensive line, by no receiver. Like it's a bunch of things for Mac Jones. Yep. Could he come back? Sure. I, again, I've told you in the past, I would not be opposed to Mac Jones coming back and being a bridge quarterback and seeing what you have for him in his final year of his contract. Right. Um, but I think there has to be a plan to move on from him. I just agree. You could see he just does not have the ability to play quarterback, at least start in this type of an offense in this league. I just don't see it. Remember the last bridge quarterback they brought in, Cam Newton? How'd that work out? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was gone within a year. I mean, that that was yeah. That and thank God he was. I yeah. mean, that was that was a bridge. You look back on that season though; that might have been one of Belichick's best coach seasons that he ever had. Yeah. I mean, that off that 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 roster was horrendous. Yeah, it was, and they won yeah. seven games. Yeah, and they had a chance to win a lot more. Right. So. That was a that was an interesting time. I don't want to go back to that though. No. Let's let's move uh, on. From I just that. again, I just if, if so if it's not if it's not Mike Vrabel and it's not Jim Harbaugh, it almost tells me that they've committed themselves to Gerard Mayo. I I hope that's not the case. And this is nothing against Gerard Mayo. I have no axe to grind with Gerard Mayo. I just am more looking at it probably from a fan standpoint than I should be in that. Um, I think Vrabel is a great coach. I think Vrabel was a great Patriot, and I think Vrabel still sees himself as a Patriot. And to me, just looking at it from a fan standpoint, it's like that just seems like a no-brainer. It just that's just me. You know, you know what we haven't talked about though is are the Patriots ever going to bring in one of these new offensive guru minds as their head coach? I mean, do you think that they would ever? do something like that. I mean, that's, that's kind of where the league is trended to. Yeah. I don't necessarily agree with that. And it would have to be somebody really special, like that McVeigh's handpicked, right. you know, type of guy or yep. a handpicked type of guy. I mean, if you look in Houston and what Bobby Slowick has done this year, he came over from San Francisco, worked under Shanahan for a long time. Um, and, and, and he's come over and done a great job in his first year with CJ Stroud. Yeah. Um, so you look at a guy like that. I think a name that nobody's talking about that you got to watch out for is this dude at the University of Kentucky, uh, Liam Cohen. 
okay. who was who was basically the apprentice of Sean McVay. He was he was the offensive coordinator under Sean McVay two years ago, uh, and then found his way to the college game. I think people I think people are going to hear the name Liam Cohen in some big in some circles for a head coaching job hmm. for another team. I really do because okay. he's he has done some innovative stuff with the Rams. So do you, I just I've always. I do think it's on the back burner, but I think the fans are thinking in the fans' way, and they're not really thinking about, okay, who would really be a good fit? Is it better for them to have kind of a uh, an offensive mind that maybe could develop as a head coach, or is it better for them to just have a head coach now that is kind of a, a CEO type like Belichick was that handles everything mm-hmm. uh, football? You know, I, I, I don't know. I, and maybe the Crafts do want to go in a completely different direction, but you got to remember, Robert's eighty-two, right? And you know how how much. How you know, I think Jonathan would. I think Jonathan would, but Robert, I'm not sure wants to wants to get away. I think he's clutching his pearls, is what <laughs> I think he's <laughs> well, probably well, doing there. The one thing I did see, though, about one of the reasons if Rabel would also be attractive to Jonathan, and I think it was Ben Volan that wrote this, and I don't always take stuff that Ben Volan writes with you know as gospel, but. Uh, Vrabel loves analytics. So does Jonathan Kraft. Yeah. So does Jonathan Kraft. So if if you're looking at a guy that both father and son uh, could be happy with, Vrabel that Vrabel checks that box box as well. Sure. So sure, absolutely. It'll be interesting. Yeah. All right. One other NFL uh, item to get to before we get to uh, uh, the college news. Uh, Pete Carroll out at Seattle. Um, this was not a mutual decision. It was not a firing, but he didn't want to go. <laughs> I mean, he when he had his no. press when he had his press conference, he said, "I competed pretty hard to still be the coach." Just so you know, he said to everybody. So he didn't want to go. <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, basically, uh, he was like, "Look, please make this easy for us, because if you don't do it this way, we're going to have to fire you, and we don't want to." Uh, but I'll say this: right. I'm going to miss seeing him on the sideline. Say what you want about him, he is. A lot of fun to watch. I mean, he's, you know, and and uh, I don't think there's anybody who loves coaching more than Pete Carroll. Yeah, I think Belichick's kind of warped the whole um, story of Pete Carroll, but, you know, Pete Carroll is a Hall of Fame head coach. He is, absolutely. Whether people like it or not. Right. I mean, he is, he was, he was back. You got to remember who the coach was before Belichick. Yes. <laughs> was Pete Carroll. So, I mean, this is this is a long time Pete Carroll's been doing this. He's won at the college level and he's won at the pro level. And fourteen seasons in in Seattle was incredible developing that defense. And uh, I think definitely his defense has gone by the wayside yep. uh, in terms of uh, scheme and how it's being attacked. And he still kind of runs it. Yep. He's tweaked it a little bit, but 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 not much. So I do think that this was probably you know something that was going to happen eventually. But I do think that him staying on as an advisory role just speaks to the guy who Pete Carroll is. Like, just yep. a total class act, full of energy, full of vibrancy, like, can still coach. He kind of reminds me, we haven't gotten to this yet, and I don't can't believe we haven't gotten to it yet, but Jim Harbaugh's father, the Harbaugh, Jack Harbaugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the energy, that yep. kind of energy that he has where he still watches film at 80 years old. Good call. And, yeah. You know, he watches the Ravens and Michigan's practices, yeah. and he's giving his boys advice and stuff like that. Like that's Pete. Yep. Like Pete has that ability to just, yeah, like I want to be up there just giving advice. And I'm sure he does want to coach, but I mean, 
I just don't think anybody would hire him at this point. Not at 72, and, and yeah. He's older than Belichick. Yeah, he's a year older. So, I mean, right. So, I mean, I, I think it's a great career. And Seattle's going to be an attractive place to go. I mean, you talk about a team that's got a lot of talent around it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that could be a really good job for somebody that wants to experiment. I think John Schneider will think outside the box when trying to hire somebody in Seattle. Yeah, you know, and I think that and I think that it's another one of those cases where a change of uh, leadership and and, and not a, not a total house cleaning per se, but uh, some different voices are going to be a good thing because when you think about it, Dan, they never recovered after Super Bowl 49. Right. I mean, they kind of that was kind of that was their high water mark was kind of the year before. And if they had won that, I mean, they would have been anointing him for sainthood in Seattle. Uh, But they never recovered from that interception in the final seconds of that Super Bowl. No, that was kind of the beginning of the end. I mean, they they had some good years there, you know, but I don't think they ever made it back to the to even an NFC title game. No, they did. They did did not. So. Yeah, so I mean, it, it was kind of they were holding on to that old stuff, and the Legion of Boom got by the wayside. But I mean, it, it's a legendary part of football history. Yeah, is that defense yeah. and, and what they did to the quote unquote highest scoring offense ever, you know, in Peyton Manning and the Broncos. I mean, that was incredible, and that that to me, that Seattle Patriot game is the is the best Super Bowl ever. Yeah. I, I I have never seen a better game than that with the amount of. It's kind of like this generation's Steelers Cowboys 1976-1975 Super Bowl, mm-hmm. uh, where there were all these Hall of Famers on on the field together, yep. and these yep. two great teams, and that really is what what this generation's um, uh, you know comparison would be with with that. It was just an epic game, and it's still to this day the most watched Super Bowl of all time. Is that right? Is yeah, that right? I did not know that. Interesting. Well, uh, it'll be interesting to see what direction they go, but uh, I was, uh, but I am going to be sad not to see him. I mean, just running up and down the sidelines at seventy-two years old, like he's forty-two. It's just, it's, it's great. It's great. Um, all right, let's get to the big news in college football. And I know you and I usually deal with the pros, but um, you sent me a text message yesterday and said. Saban's out at Alabama, and I went, what? They didn't fire him. <laughs> what the? And, you know, and then it wasn't two minutes later, it was on the news here in uh, in the Atlanta stations down here that that he had retired. And this is a guy that just a week or two ago had given an interview, and when he was asked about it, he's like, he, had, he said he had no intentions to retire. Was he sandbagging, or did something happen in the meantime? That is just bizarre to me that it happened so suddenly. I don't know. Uh, there was some talk on ESPN that that uh, that he had, you know, seemed a lot more appreciative and like humbled by this season, and that this season was one of his favorite seasons because this team was really not very good in the beginning of the year, and they right. learned how to be a great football team. Yeah. And think about it; I mean, he just retired. He was literally what five minutes away. Yep. from playing for another national championship yep. game and yep. probably would have won it. Yep. I mean, like, that's unbelievable. So he is going out at the top of his power. Um, you know, I do wonder. I wonder, I wonder you know, if, if, if this transfer portal NIL yep. uh, style of college football where, you know, guys are making millions. And I wonder if that kind of was just like, I don't want this. Like, this is, this well, is not what I want. I want a, I want a culture and this, that, and the other. I 
I do wonder if they, he was he was supportive of players making money. Yeah. Like there was no question about that. But I think I think when you have guys going in and out, it's really yeah. hard to to just set a culture and have a group of guys that can win championships. It's it's not easy. So Alabama's been able to kind of weather the storm with that, as has Michigan. Yep. Who, by the way, we haven't even touched that subject yet. <laughs> Hopefully, we will. Yeah, we will. But um, uh, uh, you know, Alabama, I think, look right up there with Bear Bryant, and yep. maybe even better. I mean, yeah. I think it's. I think that's the that's the story I, of Nick I, Saban and. He's the best college coach I've ever seen. Yeah, I was going to say, if he's not the best, he's in the top two or three. There's no question about that. And, and you know, he's made he has made inferences before about his dissatisfaction with the whole, with the way that, you know, he was in favor of them making money, but I don't think he saw the whole uh, NIL thing going to the degree it did because basically what's happened now with the NIL, it's like the old days when they used to put money in a paper bag and give it to because now but now it's done legally now it's like now they just get boosters together and put together a package of see see who's got them deepest pockets that's all they're doing so now it's yeah. the, it's the old days it's just now it's just legal now and so i can understand his frustration right. there but i said on my show on thursday and i hadn't thought about this until i was thinking about Saban and and because because uh, uh, Deion Sanders who's not one of my favorite people but Deion Sanders even tweeted out about Nick Saban, that he believes that it was the the portal and the NAL that drove him out. That that's what Deion Sanders thinks. I I, it, I didn't think of it until till Thursday morning. In that, you know, college players have more freedom than NFL players do in terms of moving. You know what I mean? I mean, it has gotten to the yeah. point. If you wanted to in college football, you could play for a different team every damn year. You know, and it's yeah. it's that's crazy that's you know because now you 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 basically have high school kids thinking about being gunslingers and taking their their talents every year to a different school because maybe somebody else can give me more money you know what i mean i mean it's crazy to me it's and so you, you can understand why a guy who's been in college football as long as he had might say you know what enough yeah the guy who the guy who has been most adamant about kind of railing against that is, is Dabo Sweeney. Yep. And, you know, uh, I think it's hurt him in a lot of, I don't think he's had wanted Boy, to do this. No. He's been, he's been really, you know, staunch about who exactly it is that he wants on his team. And mm-hmm. they have a specific program and he's not going to, and, and he's suffered a little bit for that. Yep. Like there's no question. He gets talented players, no question about it, but they've suffered a little bit in terms of, you know, do I really, you know, do I really want to be here? Kids really wanting to be there. And, yep. and Alabama, you know, Alabama is an NFL factory. Yep. I mean, you're going to an NFL program. You could see it. I mean, Alabama's that way. Georgia's that way. Michigan's that way. You could see it from Monday night. I mean, it was, it was two different classes of teams. I mean, you look at Alabama and Michigan and then compare that to a place like Texas or Washington yep. and Texas. I think Texas will get there eventually, but, but it's night and day with yeah. with the uh, what they throw at these kids. Like it is NFL level football, what they do at, at those schools versus a school like Washington that can just kind of ride the arm of a quarterback. It doesn't compute. Let school like TCU last year ride the arm of a quarterback. It doesn't compute to playing against a team that really has a culture of this is a professional organization. Yeah, uh, and, and that's what Saban has built, and that's that's the beauty of it. Is, um, you know, he's learned from the great disciples and 
and he built his his legacy as as the greatest college coach of all time. Yeah. That. By the way, he his uh, he his career was the beginnings of his career thanks to Bill Belichick, right? Putting him on his staff yeah. in Cleveland, yep. and and it's funny that within twelve hours of each other, <laughs> we've got big news about two guys that have been joined at the hip for pretty much. Uh, their their entire careers, but the other thing, you know, and and you wonder how this will affect Alabama long term. Look, there's plenty of names out there. They've already, uh, I, was it, it uh, Jennings from Oregon's already been rumored to uh, be their number one target. I don't know whether that will happen. Well, he Dan Lanning, oh, Dan Lanning, Lanning has yeah, already come out. Dan Lanning has already had a big video that he posted today that said, "Oh, I didn't see that." Your coach is staying here. Okay, so, like they are not. Right, so he's, he's not leaving. Okay. All right. Yeah, well, I, I think Mike Mike Norvell in Florida State. I yep. think after what's happened this year, if he went to Alabama, that would be crazy. Right. Uh, after he got snubbed by them yep. uh, in the college football yeah. playoff this year, so that <laughs> yeah. that would be a little bit wild. Yep. Um, but you know, I, I think anything is possible with Alabama. I think you're going to see plenty of stars line up, whether it's Lane Kiffin or uh, you know, if if if. People have said Kirby. I just can't imagine no Kirby way. going there. Not a chance. I, I think Kirby's got himself. Yeah, he's got himself set here. <laughs> he, um, he's got. You know, he's got Dabo the ultimate. Would be or, uh, maybe Dabo, but but I mean Kirby Smart. Not a chance. He has got hit. He is the king of Georgia. He's just. I yeah. mean, he. I don't. I don't see it. I. I really don't. And and, and you know. I don't. You know. I mean, and that would be like. That would be like, and and I and to use a baseball analogy because you know I like to do that. But Kirby Smart going to Alabama would be like, uh, you know, like the Yankee manager going to coach the Red Sox. You know what I mean? Yeah, it Joe would, Torrey. It, yeah, yeah like it Joe makes Torrey. yeah Joe Torrey. That was, it it makes no sense to me. So I don't I don't see that. But Gene, I'll tell you one name real quick that makes a lot of sense. Go ahead. You've got a guy who can recruit. Deion Sanders. Get players to come there. You, you've got a guy that's done commercials with him. Deion Sanders. Why not Deion Sanders? <laughs> I, I, mean, I knew it. I mean, this is it. I tell you what. Oh, wow. Oh, no. This I, is it. I mean, I just, he's I just, it's a big leap, but you know yeah. what? He's a big name. Yeah, but I just don't know how he would fit in in Alabama. I just, ah. Well, I don't know. We'll see. But the other point I wanted to make with how it affects Alabama is they've already lost one of their top recruits for next year. Uh, mm. the kid uh, Ryan Williams, the wide receiver who was ranked as the uh, number 12 recruit overall in uh, in high school, uh, has already decommitted from Alabama because Saban's leaving. Um, and so you wonder, uh, are there going to be others? Yeah, I mean that's yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't. I mean, I imagine so. It's really going to depend. You could get a guy that really. Like, I think of a guy, and I don't know if he would do it, but, like, Mark Stoops at Kentucky. You know, okay. somebody like that that's yep. coached in the SEC that yep. that has a big kind of name there, you know, a guy that's had success um, mm. uh, coaching there. So I, I don't know if it was Eli Drinkowitz. I mean, he coached at Alabama for a long time. Right. And now he's at Missouri. They right. just had a great year. Yep. I mean, maybe they would entertain somebody like that, a good offensive mind. I don't know. It, it would be definitely really interesting. I have yeah. no idea who Alabama hired. Yeah, it'd be, that's going to be fun to watch. Before we get to the NFL, we might as well talk about it and get the college out of the way. Uh, I thought of you watching the entire game. You had to be thrilled uh, that your Michigan Wolverines pulled that one out. And, and you mentioned, you know, that it was like that that it was like an NFL team playing against Michigan, right? And I was thinking about Michael Penix as he was getting punished in that game. He had to feel like he was playing yeah. against the Dallas Cowboys. 
you know. And I said the defense was going to be the difference. I mean, he got hit in ways that he hadn't been hit all season. I mean, they just crushed that poor kid. It was a classic example of a team that's on the rise, that's building for a few years, that you know is a good program, but just can't get over the hump. They just need to have a signature win. Yep. And I we talked about we talked about that game against Alabama and how Alabama gave them punch after punch and they stuck with what they did. Yep. They didn't do what they normally did. They threw the ball a lot more in that game. Yep. But they held together, they held strong, and they won the game. And that felt like that was their Ohio State win. And it felt like the national championship game was their Big Ten championship game. It was just a matter of time. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and and at the end of the day, Washington had a great year. Yep. They were in, unbelievable in how great their offense was. They had no shot to be able to <laughs> stick up defensively. Yep to hang with the Michigan offensive line that absolutely railroaded them in the first half. Oh, and then the defense, I mean, the play of the game is right out of the, after Michigan gave up some points at the end of the half, yep. they get a pick right out of the, right out of the gates in the second half. Right. Will Johnson, who, who's a Sunday player. I mean, they, they just had Penix, you know, he had him spinning, yeah. he had his head spinning. Yeah. He just didn't know what was coming, who was coming. It was an, it was literally NFL level defense schematically put in place by Jim Harbaugh. So, you know, I think that that was excellent, and I'm so happy for all the Michigan fans that hung in through. I called for his firing many years ago, as you remember. Yep, I do. And, and I, I, I was dead wrong. I, and he took the pay cut. He humbled himself, yep. and he did what he set out to do. And I do wonder, i got to think that, that with his agent signing, he signs Don Yee as his agent, yep. Brady's, Brady's agent. I mean, he's out. I got to think that I got to think he's out. I just got to. I mean, he's accomplished it. Well, what else left does he does he have left to prove? And with all the crap he had to put up with from the NCAA and from the big yeah. the Big 10, I could see him just flipping the bird and saying see ya because he's, you know, despite the fact that he was suspended for more than half the season, Look what they did, right? And uh, by the way, I was kind. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I mean I don't want to give the NCA a lot of props here, but I was glad to see that they at least acknowledged that it, this wasn't like some asterisk win, you know that that you know despite all the stuff that was going on, none of the things that 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 they were investigating were things that really made a difference in Michigan's success this year. I was glad to see the NCA at least acknowledge that a little bit. Yeah, they did a little bit, but then again, of course, this this whole playoff is not sanctioned by the NCAA. Right, right. So yes. they probably yeah. don't care. Um, uh, so, right. yeah. like that, you know, I mean, Michigan's a national champion. Like, it, nobody's going to take that away from them. Right. If they if they still won't give Reggie Bush his Heisman Trophy back, uh, <laughs> I, I have no credibility with the NCAA. Like, none, none at all. So, you know, you know, I, I think it's going to be a great year. I can't wait to see if Harbaugh does leave, who they hire. I think Sharon Moore deserved, uh, deserves a chance to be the next head coach. He did a great job as, mm-hmm. as the fill-in for Harbaugh those last few games yep. and beating Ohio State and all the rest. So I, I'm super excited, man. It was, it was a great season, and I'm happy. Hail to the victors, man. They're the champions of the West, the East, the South, and the North now. So it's going to be great. And our last, our last four-team playoff, thank God. Uh, that you know that, that, that yeah. you know because that just is it just is brutal and I you know and and we can again one of those things we could argue to the cows come home if the University of Georgia is in those playoffs I think they I think they could have beaten Michigan 
I really do. I just think I'm sure they could have. You know, I mean, I'm sure they could have, but they didn't. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They got, yeah, shut up, Gene. That's why I got it. Got it. Could have, should have, would have, Gene. I mean, what are you going to say? They didn't beat Alabama. No. I think Michigan was a team of destiny, as I've I've said that kind of a lot this year. I thought that they just needed the one signature win, yep. and they wanted it. I think they would have wanted Georgia. Right. I honestly do. Yeah, I think so. Too. And I think yeah. Alabama was just as good and just as good of a of a consolation prize for that, but. And the best thing is holding up the trophy at the end of the day. Georgia is installed as the preseason favorite, the way too early preseason favorite for next year's national title. As they should. Uh, I think it was at 15 to 4, I think, uh, is uh, with the odds that they win the national championship next year. So we shall see. All right, let's get to some uh, stuff that's going to happen on the field this week. Uh, we finally uh, we get to the playoffs. Um, and uh, so we're going to get your picks, and uh, we might as well do that, and then we can, you know, we'll talk about some of last week's stuff while we're doing the picks. So, we're are gonna... you excited? Are you excited about these games? Um, I am excited about a couple of the games. I think a couple of them are going to be god awful. I think a couple of them are going to be god awful. I... <laughs> but I think I'm excited for some of them. Uh, so, uh, and I'll okay. and I'll let you know which ones as we start. Matter of fact, I'm excited about this first game: uh, Cleveland at Houston. Cleveland is a two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. I am I am fascinated by this for two reasons. Number one, Methuselah is playing quarterback for Cleveland, which is really cool. <laughs> and the kid that is the rookie of the year, without a doubt to me, and the, not just the rookie of the year, but the surprise of the year in C.J. Stroud. I, look, and I know you didn't think the kid was going to be this good either. And I just, I love no, the I way didn't. the kid plays. I love his poise. I love it. Looks like, I mean, you when you watched that game last week against Indianapolis, that kid looked like he was having a ball, didn't he? I mean, that's, I yeah. mean, so I am just, you know. Made so, some unbelievable throws. Oh, he did. So, so I'm, you know, so we got, we got the old guy and we got the young guy and we got the old guy who is about as stoic as it gets. You couldn't tell whether he'd thrown an interception or a touchdown pass and CJ Stroud, who just looks like he's having fun. So uh, I am, I'm really looking forward to that one. As I said, Cleveland, a two and a half point favorite. On the road. On the road. Interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Houston, young team, they're going to be probably a little bit banged up at the receiver position, but hopefully they can get some guys back. They didn't even have – they had three of their best wide receivers out for that game. Right. And they found a way to win. I mean, poor Indianapolis. I mean, they got, <laughs> you, put the, you put that kid in the game, yeah. and, and at the end, I mean, that was just – that was horrendous. Yep. I mean, yeah, he's got to catch the ball, but – you put that ball in somebody's. You put that ball in Jonathan Taylor's hand. Yeah, not him. Taylor was yeah. totally jazzed. Yep, yep. You know, or somebody Pittman, somebody. I mean, that was it. Was it was a disaster. But I think Houston. Look, you know, I love I love Stroud now. I, he's had to grow on me. Yep. I did not think he was going to be this talented and good, but he has the mentality. Like I saw him talking to Brady uh, on his podcast, and you know, asking him questions and being really soaking up whatever Brady was talking about. Yep. And you could see he's talked on some interviews as well on, on other stations of just how he carries himself and his teammates. And they're just looking to have fun. They have zero to lose in this game. Yeah. Whereas Cleveland, you know, I think Cleveland is kind of surprised that they're here with the amount of injuries that they've had. That defense is incredible. I think this is going to be very difficult for Jim Schwartz or for C.J. Stroud to deal with Jim Schwartz's defense. I think there's no question about that. But he could show some real metal and moxie in this game, too. So I, I think this is going to be a close game. I do think – oh, man, I, I think it goes down to the wire. I think it's maybe even within a field goal. Last last team with the ball wins. 
I'm going to very reluctantly say Cleveland. Okay. I think Cleveland will sneak out of Houston. Like very, I would not be surprised at all if Houston wins. But I, I do think Cleveland's defense will be the yeah. difference in keeping us a low-scoring game. And at the end of the day, they get. I think they'll kick a field goal and they'll win. I, I really do. I think this is going to be a very interesting game. I agree with you. Um, this next game I just am not looking forward to. Uh, Miami, the ultimate frauds at Kansas City. <laughs> Miami has beaten one team all year that is any good. Anytime they play anybody that's any good, they fold up like a cheap suit. So Kansas City is a four-point favorite. I think Kansas City might win this by – Three touchdowns. Well, and Miami's also banged up. Yeah, I mean, right. We have no idea if right. Raheem Mostert's playing. We have right. no idea if Jalen Waddle's going to play. It doesn't right. sound like when it. They're, Pete, when have they're, you seen the weather? When they're signing guys, <laughs> Miami is signing guys this yeah. week to play in the playoff game, you know you're in trouble. Bruce Irvin got signed. Yes. Uh, you know, another <laughs> another another old, old – that's Justin Houston. Yep. I mean, these are old heads. Yep. Uh, but – but have you seen the weather yeah. forecast for yeah. this game? Yeah, not good. It's going to be yeah. brutal. Not I mean, good. it's going to be 20-mile-an-hour winds, yep. minus 7 degrees yep. is what I was told. Yeah. I mean, holy cow, that's yeah. that's a little much. <laughs> and Miami, I mean, Miami, I believe, uh, since 2017, 0-9 in games that are under 40 degrees. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. I think I think it's, Three it's, it's been tough. So, look, I, do, I don't want to – I don't want to just dismiss the Chiefs' woes because I think we just give the Chiefs, oh, the Chiefs are going to win because, you know, Miami's not that good and, right. and it's Patrick Mahomes. But the Chiefs have struggled too. I mean, Agreed. the Chiefs have really Agreed. struggled. Yep. And we just haven't seen them for a while. So I think Miami has a shot to win. There's no question about that. But I do think that at the end of the day, you know, I think this is going to be about running the football mm-hmm. and playing defense. And, you know, the better defense out there is Kansas City. Right. I, I think Kansas City maybe have the best defense in the league. Yeah, and, I, I really believe that. And I know? also think I also think the reason another advantage Kansas City has is yeah, Mahomes a struggle. He's been this has been his probably his worst season ever. Um but I think that Kansas City has a better chance offensively of having a ground control kind of offense you know running the ball with Pacheco you've got a guy like Travis Kelsey your tight end that you can you know you run those those slant passes and I think so I think that they have an opportunity to control the game whereas Miami is more of that home run kind of team especially if Mostert's banged up you know I really think that Kansas City can kind of keep the ball out of Miami's hands and 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 throw getting those home runs in 20 mile an hour wins ain't going to be easy yeah, and remember, this game was not a high-scoring game when they played in Germany earlier this year. Right. It was a low-scoring game. It was. So, uh, you know, and I, the Chiefs caught Miami with their pants down. Spagnola had a great defensive scheme. They got that big pick six in that game. I yep. think they're going to have similar stuff. And Tua playing in that weather, <laughs> oh, man. I mean, I, I don't know how you can trust that. Yeah, I agreed. Agreed. All right, so we're, so we so we so I can just circle Kansas City here, right? Circle it up. All right. Uh, this next one, I am also. This game makes me want to vomit. Uh, <laughs> Pittsburgh is at Buffalo. <laughs> Pittsburgh. Tell has, me how you really feel. Yeah, Pittsburgh has no business being in the playoffs. I don't care. And I look. God bless Mike Tomlin. Somehow that he somehow they went ten and seven. I don't get it. And you know, with with you know Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer at quarterback. I I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it. And again, I know Buffalo has been inconsistent, but this game is in Buffalo. 
And I just think that Pittsburgh, I just I just don't see how they keep this close. And and the odds makers agree. Buffalo's a 10-point favorite. They do agree that they think Buffalo is going to roll them. But here, here's where I'm coming at you with it. Okay. I think if this game was just played in a normal condition, I would agree with you. However, they're supposed to be upwards of almost 50-mile-an-hour winds right. in this game. Okay. Uh, and it's going to be snowing right. sideways. So, <laughs> so you're uh, going. You know, this is my kind of game. This is <laughs> yes. a, this is a tar- tarps off kind of game, Gene. I mean, this is it. So, uh, and as I have said in the past, Buffalo is not built for weather. You have. Said I don't that. care where they play. Yeah, you have. This that. is not that kind of team. So I actually feel kind of confident that I think there's probably a better than – I'd say let's give a better a 40% chance of Pittsburgh maybe pulling this off. Or I mean, I, at least I really believe that. You think they're going to cover? I think they got a chance to win. Really? I, I really do. Okay. I, I think that, right. that their ground game their ground game has been really good mm-hmm. uh, the last couple of weeks. And, you know, they've been running the football well with Harris and Warren. Yep. I hate the fact that T.J. Watt is out for this yep. game. That is like yep. – such a blow to them. Yep. But Buffalo has just – Buffalo turns the ball over worse than almost anybody outside of, like, Philadelphia. Yeah. Buffalo has just turns the ball over at the yeah. worst times. So yeah. I get Josh Allen gets you out of these messes a lot, but with the weather being the way it is and Tomlin's team being the better defense, let's go upset of the week. Ooh. Let's pick the Steelers to win the game. Let's do okay, it. So I, guess... I, really, I really think nobody's paying attention to this. Yep. But I really think that this could be one of those games where Tomlin just outcoaches his opponent. He gets Josh Allen at least somewhat contained. Yep. And I think the Steelers run the football and win the game. I do. So Gene's vomit special becomes Dan's upset of the week. Got it. Uh, Green, yeah. Green Bay is at Dallas. I'm kind of fascinated by this game only because of the way that Jordan Love has played at the end of the season. I mean, he has been – what was it? His last his, – Eight touchdowns to one interception? You know, I mean, he's just – he's not turning the ball over. He is playing like a veteran quarterback and the youngest team in the league. And, you know, I, but I don't know. I just – I think that uh, – I think they got a shot here. I think they got a shot, but it's going to depend on one thing. It's going to be whether Dak Prescott is the good Dak Prescott or is he the evil Dak Prescott. From November on – Jordan Love's touchdown to interception ratio is twenty-one to three. That's crazy. I mean, yeah. isn't that unbelievable? That's crazy. I mean, he's he's played some unbelievable games. Yeah. The kid has really got a lot of moxie. Uh, I think you're going to know whether Green Bay is going to be in the game right out of the gates. I think they did something against uh, Detroit earlier in the year on Thanksgiving. They came out throwing, throwing deep balls down the field. I think that that's what they're going to have to do. They're going to have to attack Dallas deep. Stephon Gilmore got hurt in the game last week. That was a big deal for them. I think if they can attack Dallas deep early, they'll have a shot in this game. But, Gene, let's be honest. The the quarterbacks that they have faced the yeah. last – even Agreed. the quarterbacks that they Agreed. have beaten this year. Agreed. I mean, you're talking about Justin Fields yeah. twice. You're talking about it's Brett Rippon with yeah. the Rams. Agreed. You're you're talking about Jaron Hall. Who the heck is that? I mean, you know, you're talking about a lot of bad quarterbacks Fair. that they've beaten. Derek Carr, the right. rest of them. 
I mean, I just don't think this defense can hold down Dak Prescott and those boys. I mean, that that offense is incredible. Yep. So I do think that maybe if if Green Bay scores first right out of the gates, I think you'll know that it's a dead bet if you're taking Dallas minus seven and a half. Right. But I think if 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 Green Bay doesn't come out swinging early, I think it could get late early for really? them. Okay. I mean, it's it, it's going to be tough. So I think Dallas could roll in this game. I'll pick Dallas to win. Game of the week, as far as I'm concerned, uh, the uh, the quarterback uh, storyline, of course, huge. But I just think this is going to be as entertaining as it gets. The Rams are at Detroit. Detroit is a three-point favorite. I can't wait for this one. Can't wait. I mean, this is the first-ever playoff game at Ford Field. Um the Lions have been waiting a long time mm-hmm. to get back here. It's been a while. I think what two thousand eight, yep, two thousand nine. One of those, yep, uh, was was the year that they years. did her. And it might have been 20, 20, 15 years. Okay, there you go. Um, so so this is a really long time coming. Really long time coming for the Lions, but they have to do it against their quarterback that built their franchise. <laughs> like yeah. that is like yeah. wild. You yeah. know, Stafford gets to return. Uh, again, this is another one where I think this game comes down to who has it last. I think this will be a shootout. I do think we'll get what we want. I don't think these defenses will be able to hold, but we got to remember something. I think the advantage is with the quarterback and the coach. Mm-hmm. I, I just do. Nice. You know, the Lions is as good as they are. Yep. They haven't been here before, yep. and I've and I've told you for weeks. I like the Rams yep. a lot, a lot. Uh, I think McVay has something up his sleeve here in this game where where Nakua and the Cup are going to be just such problems. Mm-hmm. And Kyron Williams, I mean, we don't talk about enough Kyron Williams. Kyron Williams, Pro Bowl player, uh, only played in 12 games and had 1,000 yards rushing. Yeah, I mean, incredible season for Kyron Williams. So I think the Rams have a huge advantage here on offense. I think the Lions do too, but the Rams also have some pieces on their defense and the coaching advantage on their defense as well. Raheem Morris has been great. In that department, they still got Aaron Donald and the rest of the young guys there. I like the Rams to pull the upset, but I don't know if it's that much of an upset. I think it is. Yeah, to be I, really, yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. I think. Uh, I, I think maybe and maybe the spread is actually too big. I just think this is this is going to be a, a, a fun game. It'll be close. There's a lot of people that really like the Rams this week, yeah. but that that's what scares me is like when everybody's thinking <laughs> one way, nobody's thinking. Right. Yeah. So yeah, you know, yeah. I, I do think the Rams will win the game though, but I am nervous about it a little bit. Um, Monday night game, and this game is another one I am not looking forward to. And the only reason I think this game is going to be close is because the Eagles are just in a funk. I mean, they are in the ultimate funk. But Tampa stinks. I mean, my God. Hold on. Hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. You saying you think this game is going to be close and that Tampa's going to lose? No. Uh, oh, well, no. I, well, yeah, Tampa's losing. I think Philly wins this game. I think Tampa loses. Tampa. Oh, I, I think I think I think Philadelphia is a hundred percent broken. I have I give them zero chance. Even as Dan, I watched that Tampa game last week. I watched every minute of that game against Carolina. It was you nine. Can watch it all you want. Nine to nothing against Carolina. Did, for God's did you sake! Watch, did you watch? Did you watch the Philadelphia Eagles embarrass themselves against the Giants? No, I did not. I, no, I did not get that game down here. No, I didn't. And absolutely I, I, embarrassing. I get it. What they did last. I week. get it. But but Tampa stinks, and Baker Mayfield's not healthy either. He's got a bad ankle. Neither is Jalen yeah. Hurts. Wow. <laughs> Jalen Hurts, he, dislo- he dislocated a finger last week, right? 
he had his finger going backwards. I mean, holy <laughs> oh, cow. And then they got A.J. Brown got hurt in the yeah. game. Devonta Smith didn't even play. You're not going to tell DeAndre me. DeAndre Swift didn't yeah. play. You're Very not. Slater, but I, I, you're Gene, pre- they're broken, man. Oh, man. You could tell it. You could see it on the wall. You could see it on the wall. They're broken. They're going on the road. To t- this is not week two. They <laughs> smacked Tampa around in week two. Oh, no. Tampa is a different team. Tampa's a different team. They're getting healthier on defense. <laughs> Uh, Baker might be Baker might be hurt and all, sure, but they're going to throw. They're not running the ball. I mean, they will not run. They don't do that. Yeah, they don't run the ball. And I, lo- God, love you. I, I, I think Philadelphia. I love Jalen Hurts. I love everything about that program. But they got locker room issues, and that's the worst type of thing you can have going to the playoffs, especially limping in here. I, I don't give Philly a chance. I, I just don't. Wow. I, I, I am not walking in front of that train. Ooh. I'm not walking in front of that train. They are broken. Five of the last six games, Gene, they are the number one team in turnovers per possession. I mean, they, they are the worst team in the league. It's, no. They can't hold on to the ball. They cannot stop anyone on, on defense. And now it's trickled down to their, to their rush defense as well. I mean, I, I just don't see it. I, I, well. Against a talented team on the road, forget it. I'm not, I'm not touching it. If, if that's the case, then Bill Belichick has another potential landing spot. Because you really think that this is unbelievable? He will. He will get fired. The guy was in the Super Bowl eleven he months ago. Will get fired. Be, there's because wow. the, if they if they don't fire him, the fans will riot, and we all know what the fans in Philadelphia are like in every sport. I think. Oh, I know. If they lose <laughs> in the first round of the playoffs to Baker Mayfield and Tampa Bay, Bill Belichick's got a new landing spot. I'm just telling you. I, 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 I don't, I don't have any inside information. Obviously, but my God, how can he survive that? If they, I, got- I saw, I saw it today on a, on a talk show. I forget who it was, but somebody did say that. Somebody did say if Sirianna loses first round, see ya. Give Belichick to the Eagles. I mean, that which would be unreal. That would be incredible. <laughs> yeah, they would win a Super Bowl. They next would. Year. They would. So, uh, you know that that would be hey. something, but. But man, I just don't see it, Gene. But I Dan, just don't like when you have that like that. You and your your locker room's divided like that. Forget it. Like you got bigger issues, right? But if your locker room's divided like that, your head coach is partially responsible for that. Yeah, I mean, you know, and and you can say, well, Jalen Hurts should be a better leader. I can't argue with that. I mean, you're as as the as the franchise quarterback, that should be your locker room. Period. Right, so maybe the issue, maybe Jalen Hurts just isn't that kind of guy. But if you are the head coach of that franchise and your locker room is falling apart, somebody and it, and if it falls to the head coach, then it's got to be the head coach. I just don't see how he survives. It's the same thing with McCarthy in Dallas. If they lose to Green Bay, see ya. I don't see how he survives. Yeah, that. But Mc- McCarthy, McCarthy, really. I mean, but we've given McCarthy chance at the chance. You know, <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, yeah. If he loses, if he loses to Green Bay, that would be a complete it's, embarrassment. That's Jason Garrett. But Sirianni, Jason Garrett, two zero. right? Exactly. Sirianni, though, he was in the Super Bowl eleven months ago. Like they were two minutes away from a Super Bowl title. Like I, I, I just gotta pump the brakes on that. Well, like, I, like I get it. This year has not been great, but. But you know they started ten and one, and they've lost five of their last six. If they lose, is it like, oh my God? You know, they they can address a lot of the things in the off season with the locker room without the head coach involved. I mean, that we all know, we all know who runs that team. 
we all know it's upstairs. We all know it's right. Howie Roseman. Right. And and the and the puppet. He's the puppet master. Right. Uh, you know, pulling the strings. And you know, uh, maybe that could be true that Sirianni could be up. But I just, I do not see that happening if they lose. Hey, they were just in the Super Bowl. And I'm not rooting for the guy to lose his job. And I, because frankly, I don't think. Right, sure. I don't, I, and frankly, I don't think they're losing to Tampa. I don't care what you say. I, you know, I mean. And again, if I was a betting man, and I'm not, I would put money on Philadelphia in this game. I really would. Absolutely. You know, 100%. I, listen, I think Philly's the, Philly's the more talented team. There's no question. Yes. But when your locker room is broken, when your locker room is divided, when you haven't had leadership for six weeks, when the only game that you've been able to win, you lose at home to the Cardinals, you lose in embarrassing fashion with a chance to win the division, to have some pride, and you're down 24 nothing to Tyrod Taylor and the New York freaking Giants. <laughs> I mean, yeah. like, like no. you, you, have, you, you have lost it for me. Like, to me, that is way more cancerous than not having enough talent. Perhaps. is a talented team that only cares, guys that only care about themselves. Well, I mean, look, you make you make good points, but I guess my, I think for me, I just believe in Jalen Hurts because I love that guy. I love the way he plays, and I think Jalen Hurts. I love him too. I think Jalen Hurts, if, if, I think Jalen Hurts has the ability to put that team on his back and win that game. If he has to run for 150 yards, you know, I could see him doing it. I mean, honest to God, I think he he could will that team because it's Tampa. Now, could he do it against some of these other teams in the playoffs? No, but this is Tampa, and they stink. I don't care what you say. Well, I'll give you, I'll part you with one last one okay. last <laughs> one last step for you. Good. Todd Bowles uh, is a good is is not been a great head coach, but he's he's a really good defensive mind. Todd okay. Bowles. All right. Uh, J- Jalen Hurts Jalen Hurts success rate when he is not blitzed. He's ninth, ninth best quarterback in football. Not bad. When he is, but 26th best quarterback in football. I rest my case. Okay. I don't. I, I wonder what Todd Bowles is going to do against him. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> Dan, I uh, listen. I, I really appreciate your uh, your insight, not just on these games, but uh, and, and I'm sorry to uh, to have your childhood end uh, today or yesterday when Bill Belichick uh, was fired. Unbelievable. But you know, here's the good news, my friend. Life does go on, and uh, and 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 I think at the end, I think at the end of the day, seriously, uh, just to put a bow on this, I think at the end of the day, this had to happen because at some point, all good things come to an end. This team was broken; they've been broken for the last three or four years, and it, it it's just time. I think that sometimes an outside person is the only one who can find the jigsaw puzzle pieces and put them back in the in the mm. on the board the right way. That's just the way I look at it. Yeah, you're 100% right, and I appreciate you saying that. It is the day the music died, but, you know, I, I do think that at the end of the day, uh, we'll, be, we'll be better for it and greener pastures, and there's, there's more to be done. You know, like, like the, the ebbs and flows of football history will, will go as they go, and we had a great run for 24 years. So I'm super, super excited to see who the next head coach is, and I'll say it till I die, man. It's go Pats all the way. I love it. For uh, 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 listen, Dan uh, Don McLean Zampano, we'll look forward to uh, talking to you next week. <laughs> and I think I think on my way out today, I think on the way out of the show today, we're going to have to play a little American Pie just for you. So, uh, Dan, have a great I uh, think so. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the games. Uh, root on those Philadelphia Eagles, please, so that you can still stay uh, in your marriage and your wife doesn't throw you out. <laughs> Uh, I, I don't know. Either way, if they win, they're not going to win by much, and I don't think she's going to be happy either. She gets up and walks away in these games. Love it. Thank God. All right, buddy. So. Dan Zapano here on Sports Country Radio. 
That is going to do it for us here this morning. Uh, we will be back on Monday with another edition of the Wake Up Call. We appreciate Dan uh, spending some time with us yesterday to uh, record that interview. He is as entertaining as it gets. Uh, enjoy the games. We've got them Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. So we'll be back to talk about the Saturday, Sunday games Monday morning. Uh, have a great weekend, everybody. Uh, stay safe. I know there's uh, some bad weather again coming across the country, so stay safe, and we'll look forward to seeing you on Monday. You've been listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country.